Welcome to Camrio Communities Church. Man, it's great to see you all in one gathering together. It's a lot of fun. Man, I tell you, the engagement and worship is awesome. Even just this little holy ground area up here um, during worship today is awesome, awesome, awesome. People always say, well, why don't we just do it all the time? Let's just go to, to one gathering. Well, when we add up all the stats, we'll find out that we still were less than if we do two. But don't worry, don't worry, because I'm believing that one day we'll have two gatherings like this of this size as God blesses us and moves us forward. So I'm uh, glad to see a lot of you with inferior jerseys out there. Uh, very good. It's good that you represent your team. Yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, I'm, willing, I'm wearing the holiest of all jerseys. Uh, it is the color of blood, the blood of Jesus red. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the 49ers. This is an actual season ticket right here. If you've ever, ever seen one, you can see one actual. People go, for what year? For this year. It's for this year. Anyway, even though I don't get to go to games, <laughs> I sell them, but I have season tickets. Anyway, uh, so uh, so glad that you are with us today. And uh, if you're new to us, my name is David Hurtado. I'm the lead pastor here and super excited about what's going on here. And, um, you know, in that same vein of seeing God kind of multiply the effects around here, We've been uh, doing some changes recently. You might have noticed them maybe on your program. You notice there's a new logo for CamCC that's on the program now. We are now taking that logo and kind of flushing it out in every area where we can to kind of brand what's going on here at our church. And so uh, if you were in the parking lot today, you might have saw new signage that said, you know, welcome to CamCC. Uh, the, the signage out front has been changed. Even in the lobby to the left side, there's a new CamCC logo there. Uh, we've changed, uh, put it all over our website so we can brand what we're doing. In the same effort, we're also going to be doing something that might sound a little odd. We're going to be doing a commercial, a commercial to represent Camarillo Community Church. And uh, whereas 20 years ago, you would, uh, you know, send out a flyer to 20,000 homes within five, five miles of your church, today you promote a video on Facebook and Instagram, and that kind of is the same advertisement budget you use, you know, you just do it a little differently as technology has changed. And so we are actually unleashing that video today, this morning, on Facebook and on Instagram, uh, and it will be a promoted video to the, uh, you know, the city surrounding us kind of thing, say, hey, this is us, this is who we are. But I didn't want to do that without first giving you the preview. So this is like the red carpet preview right now. With no further ado, this is what's going on Facebook and Instagram today. Hey, allow me to introduce myself. My name is David Hurtado. I'm the lead pastor at Camrail Community Church, or what we call CamCC. First of all, I gotta tell you that we're a church community that elevates the Bible. And if you come, you would see a multi-generational church where you can dress casually, the lights will be dim, the music's a little louder, it's more modern in style. And we believe in making an impact in our community and also going family deep together. So what that means for us is that we really desire that the entire family unit has a place to connect at our church. Whether it's your preschooler, your third grader, your middle schooler, your high school, or even you, there is a place for you to connect us and go family deep right here at CamCC. If you don't have a church you call home right here in Camarillo, we would love to extend an invitation to you. Let me personally invite you. Come check us out. We gather at 9 and 1045 on Sunday mornings. Uh, the preaching will be a passionate, coach-like intensity where we go Bible books at a time. Of course, I would welcome you to check out our website, maybe before you come, camcc.net. You can get a little picture of who we are and what we're all about. Y para todos que hablan español, esta iglesia le da la bienvenida a nuestra familia. Come be part of the family.
we will do this in the future, and I, that's the last time I'll be on the screen. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I want you guys on it. It's one of those things people go, oh, he must love himself or he loves his voice. No, I hate it. I hate watching myself, just like you do. So I'm going to put you on the screen. But uh, for the first time, it seemed appropriate to do that. And so here, here um, you know, one minute and 18 seconds. Why? Because nobody watches videos that long online. And so we made it short on purpose. We tried to make it concise. And so uh, that's going today, and you can help us with this, actually. Take out your phone right now and go to Facebook. Uh, and go to the Camarillo community uh, 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 line there, uh, our little feed there, and you will see the video, and you can actually share it on your own timeline. I want to let you in on a little secret. When we promote it, we have to pay for every click that's clicked on and every impression that's made. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are going to charge us for that. If you take that video and share it on your own timeline, guess what? That's free promotion for us, not a dollar spent, all right? So you can go on right now, just like any other Sunday when you go, when I'm preaching, and you go on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, just do it again this week. This time I'm giving you the okay. You go and you share. It should be available right now. You can share it on your timeline. And you can use your influence around the spheres of influence that you have, the influence on people around you, to try to draw them closer to the Lord, which is what we'd like to do around here. You do realize you have influence, right? Yeah, I remember, and I can uh, think, uh, uh, you know, very early in life did I realize that I had influence. Uh, uh, Sometimes not in good ways, if you know what I mean. Uh, sometimes I realized I had influence in ways that I wasn't even sure I'm supposed to have influence in ways, you know, or, or, or people are following me in times I didn't think they would follow me, you know. I remember one specific time when I was a junior in high school and I had a friend, his name was Mike Blankenship, I'll never forget his name because of this story. And it was, I was in a small Christian high school, it was like about three to 400 students, it wasn't big, I just became a believer uh, my sophomore year and then I wanted to go check out this Christianity thing and so my mom let me go to this Christian school. And so we were there and they had some kind of weird oddball assembly. And I don't remember if it was a principal or, or the other person, the vice principal, or somebody was leading this assembly and like nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to be in the room. Uh, you know, like, like the, even the person speaking on the mic didn't want to do what they were doing. You know, everybody could just fill in the room with the awkwardness of this thing. And this guy kept on saying, does anybody have a question? Does anybody have a question? Does anybody have a question? And I'm thinking, so clearly nobody has a question. We're dead tired of this assembly. Just let us go. We got you. And he kept on at, he says something. Does anybody have a question? I say something. Anybody got a question? Well, I'm standing right next to Mike Blankenship. And I said, you know, Mike, you know, it'd be really funny if somebody said, when he asked time, he asked, do you have a question? Ask him, like, where do babies come from? <laughs> Influence in ways that, you, you know, maybe you weren't supposed to. And so, and so, and he's sitting, I'm going, he's, no, he's never going to do this. And anybody have a question? Mike, ask it. Uh, anybody have a question? Mike, Mike, now's the chance. Ask it, man. I'm telling you, it'd be funny. And I'm saying, if it's so funny, why aren't I doing it, right? And I'm thinking to myself, if somebody approaches me like that, I'd be like, you're crazy, dude. You do it. You know what I mean? There's no way I'm doing that. That's stupid. That's what I would be thinking, right? So that's what I'm thinking Mike's thinking, right? And so the guy goes and keeps on going. He goes, anybody have a question? And Mike's like, oh, Mike, here's your chance. He goes, oh, where do babies come from? In front of the whole assembly. And the, the principal guy is like, oh, you, you, I can't believe you're that immature, Mike. You're a junior in high school. And there's like a, there's like a, a, a teacher right next to us. And he looks like, Mike, can you, come on, grow up. And I'm like moving away from Mike. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to say that. You said, Note to self, don't say stupid things in assemblies. You know what I mean? It's your fault, Mike. 
You know, it's funny is I found him on Facebook like five years ago. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have Facebook back when we were kids or whatever. So I finally go, hey, Mike, good man, it's good to see you. He's like, he's married, he's got kids, he's a magician, musician, not a magician, musician. And, uh, and you know, he's doing really good in life. So I write him a, a little message. I go, hey, Mike, good to see you. It seems like you're doing really well. That's awesome, dude. Do you remember the day in high school when I, had, when I said you should say that and you said it? He goes, do I remember? It's like the worst day of my life. I'm like, whatever, dude, note to self, don't say dumb things in front of people. And, and I, I started realizing at a young age, man, I have more influence than I think I, I realized I had. Several years later, I, I matured, I grew up, you know, I'm in my young 20s now, and, uh, and I'm in this wedding uh, with a good friend of mine, and his brother's the best man, and then I'm kind of the third in line there, and, and we're going to this, this, this wedding and whatever, and it's toast time, and of course the best man has to do a toast, and, and all that's going on, and so he, he gets up and he does his thing, and I didn't realize that, that he gets nervous on the microphone, like he gets nervous in front of people. I don't get nervous in front of people, I know that'll shock you. I don't get nervous on a microphone, I know that probably shocks you too. And so I'm thinking, he's probably fine, but he actually struggles but being like he doesn't look like he's nervous but he gets on the microphone and he's very nervous and he says weird things I didn't know that at the time that's context of the story it's really important okay because what happened was apparently the year before at the last wedding he went to last summer uh, they asked him to pray over the meal and so he got up and he prayed and he said and 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 Lord we just consummate this marriage before you <laughs> what he meant was we consecrate this marriage before you consummate I'm not going to explain it to you but that's the wrong word especially in a prayer <laughs> all right so anyways I don't even know that story at the time and he gets up and he's doing this speech and it's about his brother it's actually really he's doing a really good job and everybody's like man he's like you know that reputation he had for, for himself he's like undoing it whatever and he gets to the end and he goes like man we just hope that you live long and I'm sitting like two inches away from him and I'm thinking live long and prosper, obviously. That's what's got to come next because that's funny. And so he, I, he, go, he goes, live long, and I go, and prosper. And he goes, and prosper. In front of everybody, he says it, and prosper. I mean, people are laughing. We're, as the wedding party, we're walking around and saying hi to folks, and they're giving us the Spock sign. I'm, I mean, I was like, to this day, people still talk about the Spock wedding. You have influence. And sometimes you got to learn when to speak up and when to pipe down. And, and I tell you what, some people learn that lesson a little better than others. Some people are still learning that and, you know, trying to get them. Maybe you're like me, you know, that, that you know, insert foot and mouth is like, you know, everyday occurrence kind of thing. And so uh, some of us need to learn a little bit more. And I tell you, today we're going to look at, kind of on an... All of us have been in situations like this in life, but today we're going to look at when is the right time to speak up? When is it the right time to speak up? Like when our brothers and sisters in the faith are off, when is it time to speak up? Spiritually speaking, when is it actually time for me to speak up? Like it's not, I need to speak up here. Like if their actions are hindering someone else coming to faith, do you speak up then? Like if their hypocrisy spills over into affecting others, do you speak up then? Like if the gospel seems to be invalidated by their actions, do you speak up then? We're going to be looking at that today and just looking at this occurrence where Paul speaks up. And we're going to try to learn principles for why he spoke up and, and, and how can we 
uh, take those principles and apply them into our lives. And for that, we're going to be in the book of Galatians chapter 2. So I encourage you to open your Bibles there or open your phone app, whatever you are. Galatians chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 11 through 21. And the overarching question today is, when is it time to speak up against our brothers and sisters who are in the faith? Like, when is the right time to speak up against our brothers and sisters who are in the faith? And the first thing we're going to see is when their hypocrisy hurts others, it's time to speak up. When their hypocrisy hurts others, it's time to speak up. That's when it's definitely time. Let's look at this in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. We'll go through verse 15 at first. It says this. But when Cephas, remember that's the Aramaic name for Peter, and Paul often referred to uh, 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 Peter as Cephas in his writings. When, when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, that would be from the church in Jerusalem, the mothership church, before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy, meaning even Barnabas started doing this as well, withdrawing from the Gentiles when these uh, Jewish people from the church in Jerusalem were around. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, publicly, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Five minutes ago, you were just acting like a Gentile. You were eating with a Gentile. You were associating with the Gentiles. You were eating their cultural food, probably. And now, all of a sudden, it's not okay. So if you were just like them five minutes ago, why in the world is it all wrong all of a sudden? Is he's calling him out on his hypocrisy. When... Is it the right time to speak against our brothers and sisters in the faith? Number one is when their hypocrisy hurts others. When their hypocrisy hurts others. I want to just kind of paint this picture more for you so you can understand exactly what's going on so we can glean principles from it. But we just got off of uh, chapter 2 where Paul visits Peter, James, uh, 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 in Jerusalem. And there's this whole uh, handshaking process that go, you remember that? And they, they extended it to me a, hand, a right hand of fellowship in what we're doing. And now the alternate is happening where Peter is coming to Antioch and he's going to visit Paul and the happenings of God in Antioch. Which happens to be a Gentile church. So he's coming as almost like a delegate from the Jerusalem church and he's going to see what Paul's doing in, 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 in his realm, all right? And everything's going well. He's getting acquainted quite well with everybody. In fact, he's melding right into the culture. Uh, he's hanging out with Gentiles like he's one of them, apparently, and he's eating with them and probably even eating their food. That's really important. Now, remember, he's on their turf. And so as he's there, he's hanging out with them. You wouldn't say, oh, I, I can't eat your food. Let me go get my food over here. He's eating with them. He's hanging out with them. Just like we're, we're just brothers, now this is huge, because you gotta understand, this is an extreme departure from, from anything Jewish in the past. This would be an extreme departure from the Jewish dietary laws. This would be an extreme departure from ceremonial cleansing laws. One of the things that Jesus was, was ridiculed about is that he would hang out with non-believers or Gentiles. He, he was contaminating himself by interacting with those people who aren't Jewish. 
And so here is Peter doing the same thing, going and hanging around with these people who have come to know Jesus Christ. They're in the fold of the faith. They're in the fold of the church. The church is now encompasses both Jew and Gentile, which is a beautiful thing, never heard of before this time. And he's doing all these things. He's eating foods that you're not supposed to eat according to the Jewish law, according to the Old Testament. And he's hanging out with people that you didn't normally associate with. Now you gotta understand, there were some laws in the Old Testament that were written because the Jewish people would go, fall in love with these other people, marry them as wives, and take on their gods. And so all the laws in the Old Testament about this thing were all about not committing idolatry, idolatry, and, and worshiping another god. You stay away from these cultures, because if you, if you get too close to these cultures, you're gonna embrace their gods. What that had turned into was that if I, as a Jew, even had a conversation with a Gentile, I've been contaminated. Wouldn't ever give them a handshake, wouldn't do any business dealings with. I would never have table fellowship with them. I wouldn't sit down and eat a meal with them. Because then I can get contaminated as if, as if it can jump on me and, and I'll catch a virus being around them. It got so bad that it became racist in nature so that if you're not Jewish, I look down on you so bad that if you used a fork or a knife or a spoon or a plate or something of that nature, I would not use it after you. That's how bad it goes because you have contaminated those utensils and I don't want to be contaminated. And so that quickly turned into a racism, but what God was talking about in the Old Testament was about idolatry. And so here Peter is leaving all that behind and coming into town and embracing like a, basically a new culture, like a missionary. I'm gonna come embrace your culture for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he's hanging out, we're eating together, we're having a good time. This is amazing because you didn't see this in that time